0: I on 2020 episode 176. Have 2020 vision with ION 2020, your source for the news and events in the lead up to the 2020 presidential election. I am Ray Eaton, and I will keep you up to date daily until November 2020 with a libertarian perspective on the candidates and their policies along with the news. Thank you for joining me. Now, let's clear our vision. Hey, what's up, everybody? Ray Eaton here, your host of ION 2020. You come here Monday through Friday for the news, the events, the things that are going on for the 2020 election. And that's what I will bring you on a daily basis to make sure that you are up to speed, up to date, and know all the candidates, their policies, positions, and all that good stuff. Not so that you can be the best voter in the world, but if you vote, hey, at least you'll know what these candidates and their policies are. But so that you can create better memes and have better arguments and conversations and influential conversations of course with your friends to help them to see the light and that light is what liberty libertarian polit- libertarian views right this is a libertarian podcast this is a show that brings you a libertarian look at the 2020 election as the title says so i appreciate you coming out every day monday through friday joining me for this show and uh hopefully you can sit back and relax and enjoy this show today uh first go ahead though if you can first time listener right a lot of you are, I'm sure, first-time listeners. Go ahead and subscribe to the show. That'll help you to hear the show tomorrow. And uh, you know what? There's a lot of shows before this one as well, 175 of them. You can scroll through your podcast feeder, look through some of those shows, see which ones you like, download those, listen to them, and uh, you'll be up to speed on all things that are going on, especially if you listen to, like the last 10 episodes or so, because I've been basically covering... lot of the candidates and their policies and each individual candidate I did like the main four that are like the uh the front runners Bernie Sanders Elizabeth Warren uh Joe Biden Kamala Harris I did and I yeah I did a show each individually on those just let you know what their policies are position I went to their websites and stuff you know the only two that I have left to do is Amy Klobuchar and Andrew Yang who I will be talking about today but like I said, the last couple of days or so, I've been kind of grouping them into different groups of people, and the reason why is because all of them are saying the same thing. Andrew Yang is a little bit different, though, so I might little, tell you a little bit more about him. Uh, he has a little bit different policy than than some of the other guys do, and you know that that that'll be interesting to talk about. But I do apologize for the background noise today. Every so often, I have to do my show while I'm driving in my car, and the reason why is because. I have two kids, I have a wife, I have things I have to get done, and uh, I was really busy today because I have a 9-to-5 sales job, not 9-to-5, you know, Like actually it's more like um, 6-to-6 sales job, and uh, I didn't have any time to really stop and get this show done today, And, uh, and I don't have any time to do it tonight either because i have things that are going on so every so often you've heard some background noise on this show probably once a month or so and that's because i do the show while i'm cruising down the street in my six foe it's not quite a six foe it's a toyota camry actually but uh that's what i'm driving and so anyway that's what you hear in the background i apologize for the background noise if there was a way for me to get rid of the background noise i would i don't know how to do that because i am not a technical expert on sound so uh but anyway guys i appreciate you joining me i do and like i said subscribe to the show if you're a first time listener five star ratings are very helpful i actually noticed a one star rating that brought my uh stars down to four stars and i was about to I, I was like, "Oh my God, what happened?" You know. So, uh, but I know that this is a controversial show. I am talking to not only a bunch of libertarians, but I am talking to people that, like, every so often, someone will mosey in that is a uh, a liberal or even a Trump supporter, maybe, and like a diehard Trump supporter. And I'm going to criticize Trump. I am. If he does something bad, I'm going to criticize it. I'm a libertarian. If he's doing something that is outside of my libertarian values. I'm going to go ahead and criticize them. That's the way it's going to be. So if somebody hears me criticize them and they're a Trump supporter, boom. One star rating, especially if they're diehard. You know how those people are, right? Same thing. You got a Bernie Sanders supporter comes moseying on in, listening to the show. And they they hear me say, you know, that Bernie Sanders, his policies aren't going to work, especially this Medicare for all thing that he's pushing. And what are they going to do? First thing you're going to do is pull out your pod catcher and uh, give me a one star rating. Maybe even write it up and say how terrible I am for not liking Bernie Sanders. I don't know. But a lot of people do that, you know. So, um, I haven't had a lot of those. I've only had two one-star ratings. So, uh, that's good though. But anyway, hopefully it's not a one-star rating because of the quality of the show. Hopefully it's not a one-star rating because they just don't like me. Uh, but, you know what? People can take personal views on that. Who knows? But, I, uh, you know, it, it might just be the fact that I am drawing from different groups. Because people are scrolling through their podcatcher and they put in election 2020 they put in Bernie Sanders and I pop up and uh, next thing you know they're listening to a show that's talking bad about Bernie Sanders or Elizabeth Warren or Joe Biden or whatever and I'm not talking bad about them I'm kind of just I'm a libertarian I'm, not, I'm saying how I, how I feel I'm saying that their policies are not ones that are going to benefit society the most that they're going to not do what they say they say they're going to enrich people Yet, all they're going to do is impoverish the country even more. That's what socialist policies do. We've seen it in every country that has tried it. So, that's how I feel. But hey, guys, what I the, the one thing I want to talk about today before I jump into Andrew Yang and Amy Klobuchar is this: you got the two parties, right? You got the Republicans and the Democrats, and. I wonder if the reason why... This is what I was thinking about today. I wonder if the reason why... There seems like there's so much division right now and everything is because... Especially... Within the parties is because... They're trying... Each of the groups are trying to pander to their base, right? Because I think that their base of people... That are like the die-hard Republicans, the die-hard Democrats... I think that that group is shrinking. So they have to pander further and further to the right or further and further to the left in order to get those people that are the diehards to get out there and vote. And in doing so, it makes it look like there's a huge division with this country when it's really the way that it's portrayed. Because if you get out there and talk to your friends, if you get out there and talk to people, maybe not on college campuses as much, but just in general, if I'm out you know, talking with friends, if I'm around other people, like, we're not talking politics, we're not talking, you know, a lot of... We're not sitting there just focused in on the election. We might, I might bring up politics every so often, but the main thing is is we're not out there talking about politics. But I think that more and more people are becoming independent-minded. More, people are, more and more people are leaving the parties, I think, and it's forcing the people that are remaining in the parties, it's forcing those that are still part of that system, that two-party system, to continue to get more and more divisive in order to rile up that base. And then it forces, because they're already entrenched, because the two parties are entrenched in the election system, we're given the choice between a Democrat and Republican. And that's it, pretty much on every single ballot. So next thing you know, you as an independent-minded person might go in there and vote for Trump or vote for Bernie Sanders or vote for hold your nose and vote for the lesser of two evils. Hold your nose and just vote for you know whoever strikes your fancy or vote for Mickey Mouse or vote for the third party but whatever you're gonna do, I think it's just because of the fact that more and more people are leaving the par- leaving that the the two party system but the two the government hasn't moved on from that yet government is slow to react, but you're seeing that within you're seeing this growth of third parties you're seeing this growth of independent people and it's just forcing the people or the the people within the parties to become more and more polarized I think it's kind of like this man if you're like, you ever hear this the term I'm going to take my ball and go home like the kid takes his ball and leaves the playground and goes home because there's other kids that are being rough or being bad or stealing the ball or just acting like jerks right so if you have Fifty kids in the playground, and ten kids own the ball. And all ten kids leave because all the other forty kids are being rowdy and ruthless and reckless. And all those ten kids leave. All you're left now is with the reckless people, right? All you're left with is, is the bad kids. And I think that's what's left in the parties is the is the bad kids in some ways, the ones that are going to be more polarizing and stuff, the ones that are trying to divide people. But then again in the same scenario, like, it, it was like this when Barack Obama was elected, you had the Tea Party movement that was against all the spending that was going on, and all this stuff, and, uh, and there was a lot of division within the Republicans against the Democrats at that point, because they pushed through Obamacare, and, the, like, the people felt like they were being slighted on the, the the Republican side, they all thought they were being slighted. And obviously, like, the Rush Limbaugh's of the world egged them on, you know? And then now, with with donald trump being elected you have the same scenario but on the other side the left they feel slighted they feel like the government is not working for them so they're ruthless and they're loud about it you know that's the way it's gonna be so uh, i just think that as as libertarians we need to see this for what it is we need to see that there is this whole division that's this perception of division in america but there's not i just don't think that there really is I think that people, in general, just want to be left alone by their government. It's a fact. And uh, here we are, you know, just being forced to hold our noses and vote for some scumbag politician who thinks that they have the answers all the time. And they pretend that they have the answers, but they don't. So, let's get out there and talk to our friends about the message of liberty. Message of limited government. Free markets. And those are things that are going to resonate with people, because people generally want to be left alone. I'm convinced of that. I really am. So, um, let's hop into the two candidates that I was going to talk about today. Amy Klobuchar. Let's start off with her, right? I'm not going to jump onto her webpage, because I generally know... This this is the way that she's going to market in order to um, win the votes. She's... It, she is actually not getting any votes to be honest with you. If you look at the polls that came out recently, she's at 0 and 1%. Even though she's going to be on the debate stage, she's going to have to really make a push in order to get people to vote for her. I just don't think that they're... I, I just don't think that she has the charisma. I don't think that she has the... I mean, she obviously she can speak about her policies pretty well. I think that she does. I mean, she'd have to t- she would have to do some huge punches on the 12th in order to really get a message that's going to resonate because there's still going to be 10 people on that stage. So I think that her message, though, is basically she's taking a middle ground approach to trying to become the nominee. She's not going as far left as Bernie Sanders. She's not going as far left as Elizabeth Warren. She's not even going as far left as like Pete Buttigieg. She's trying to stay somewhere, slightly maybe. To the left of Joe Biden. Or maybe even right there in line with Joe Biden. I'm not sure. She's trying to look like she's an electable candidate. She's a senator. Um, but she just she does not get the traction that any of the other candidates has. She hasn't even had a small boost. And she seems like she's going down in the polls. I mean, I've looked at polls recently, and she was getting 2% on regular on the regular with some of these polls but lately she's been getting one percent and even zero percent so i don't really see her going any further past the october like there's gonna be the september debates and there's gonna be october debates i don't see her going past the october debates by any means uh unless she somehow can get a one-two punch in there and maybe a jab at an uppercut man um she's gonna need that in order to get somewhere maybe she'll attack kamala harris or Joe Biden or uh, Bernie Sanders, you know, for being too far left, I don't know, Um, but that's what she's going to have to do, because she's, but she is taking that middle ground approach, she is for like a Medicare for all type system, Uh, not like a forced Medicare for all, but the idea that all these people have is if we could just get it in there, if we could just get Medicare for all, uh, we can have the government slowly take over into a single payer system, I'm not sure exactly what she's thinking on that, but that's what she says, um, she's takes the middle ground on like the it's like she's not anti-war, she's not the person that's gonna. I mean, her foreign policy seems like she's a little bit more of a hawk, which I don't like. But she's been in politics for a long time, so uh, that's her though. That is that's Amy Klobuchar. Uh, I just don't see that she's gonna be making a very big impact on the election going forward. Um, but let's jump into the the Yang Gang, okay? You got Andrew Yang, the Yang Gang. They actually are very excited about this guy. The younger people are the people that um, are part of his Yang Gang. They seem like they're they 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 seem excited about that guy. If there is one candidate besides Bernie Sanders gets the support of the young people, so the young people love Bernie Sanders. The younger millennials. They love the guy, but there's the other candidate that they love the most is uh, is Andrew Yang, I think, and he's a businessman. He's somebody that uh, came up with some te- came up with some tech. I, that's he was a tech businessman, but I don't think it was necessarily technology by any means. I think that what he was doing was um, he put together a school of some sort that you know, like those schools that are that are online schools. That help kids that are in school already, and they do some kind of tutoring and stuff like that. I think he was uh, the he was the president of one of those, and he was selling it to like Khan Academy or something. And Khan Academy is huge. I think my kids even use it for public school now. So um, that was a pretty big thing. He became a, a millionaire, possibly a billionaire, because of that. And uh, then he started up some stuff where he helps entrepreneurs and things like that to get started. So he knows his stuff when it comes to tech is my understanding, um, his big idea was, and you guys know this, I've talked about this before, his big idea is this $1,000 piece, or um, not piece, dividend, um, tech dividend, essentially, that he's trying to push, and that that idea of a negative income tax, or, you know, that $1,000 a month, um, that idea came from Milton, Milton Friedman back in the 1950s or 1960s he wrote a paper on this and the idea was that if everybody has a minimum income from the government then it'll it's a, the it's a best way to divvy out like welfare. So if you could get rid of all welfare and just do something like that $1,000 dollars a month um, minimum basic income, then you're gonna have people that, 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 that basically it's gonna get a lot of, rid of a lot of the bureaucracy that is in the government and that's a good thing libertarians were on board with that up until about i don't know 10 years ago or so or 12 years ago libertarian leaning people not libertarians like the anarchist groups or libertarians that are like um like pure liberal i mean even me i don't think that the government should be printing a thousand dollars per person per per month essentially and giving it to people because I don't think that that is the best use of resources, first of all. And I think that it's... Obviously, the government can't afford to do something like that. And if they decide they'll just print the money, then it's going to basically even itself out in the sense that you're going to have inflation that's going to that's gonna go up. And it's just going to make it basically null, null and void in the first place. So, I don't think that a negative income tax or the $1,000 a month... Uh, dividend that he's talking about is a good thing but a lot of libertarians have been bored with that in the past just because that came from Milton Friedman Uh, but that's basically Andrew Yang's plan so he had said it, he even refers back to it, yes I am for kids getting college education yes I'm for helping them out but that's why we have the $1000 a month that we can give them yes I'm for uh, helping mothers out who are trying to send their kids to daycare that's why we're gonna give him a thousand dollars a month. But like everything that he talks about, any welfare policy he talks about, he refers back to that thousand dollars a month. So that's pretty much where he stands differently. Now I wonder the reason this is what I've wondered—the reason why younger people would love Andrew Yang so much. I think they're trying to be part of a popular movement, but also I think that. Um, a month is appealing to somebody like that. I mean, it's appealing to me. Give me $1,000 a month, right? I'd love it, but I just don't... I mean, The reality is I don't think that it's a good policy, and I don't think it's going to enrich anybody. If it was just going to me, that's great. But if it goes to everybody, it kind of evens itself out. You have inflation that would just go, you know, cause a $1,000 a month to have to be $2,000 a month. Because whenever the government prints money... It causes inflation it really does um so anyway guys that's andrew yang as well he has actually been going up in the polls i think he's gonna be kind of like um not the sleeper by any means but i think that he's just adding a different a different method of the tour to the conversation i guess um but i I don't see him really becoming a popular candidate in the sense that I don't think it's gonna, he's going to be electable. I don't think that he's going to get elected. I don't think that he's going to become the nominee by any means. But he will be around for a while because he does have a lot of popular support. Um, if he, To be honest with you guys, if he would take like an anti-war stance or something like that, like I think that that would be the thing that would blow him up. To where a lot of people are like Tulsi Gabbard supporters might jump on board With a guy or something like that But he's just, he's a, he's a one issue candidate Basically So um So that's Andrew Yang That's all I got really on him um, I didn't want to jump onto his website as well Because we really know kind of What he's going to talk about as well um, So let's talk about one more thing That I was thinking about And it was just if you listen to the Trump, Trump talk lately, right, he was saying like the his biggest enemy is the press, his biggest enemy is the not the press but the fake news media, and all that. Um, his his re-election campaign is really gonna have to be based upon a few things, and I was actually looking at his website today. And just kind of going over what it says, because DonaldTrump.com, that, I guess that's his website, and that's for his re-election campaign. And the motto is, Keep America Great. Uh, Trump fence 2020 It goes through Trump as the, the epitome of the American dream, became a rich billionaire, da-da-da, um, and all that. But then you get into the rest of the website, and he doesn't go over, over a lot of the issues, per se. He actually has a portion in there It's called, Promises Kept. And it goes through all of the things that he talked about during the campaign before. And it gives a reason why it was a promise kept. I don't know that a lot of his followers are like hopping onto his website by any means. I don't think that anybody... I think that most people have decided already who they're going to vote for. And they're just not admitting it type thing. But if people are going to his website, they're going to see promises kept. And it's pretty interesting to look at. Everything is kind of framed in a way that makes it sound like he's great, obviously. And that he did all this... Um, you go to his campaign the the campaign uh shows that he's doing and stuff like that but he does talk a lot about how it's us and it's our movement it's we that are doing this it's not just me so i did see a little bit of that on the website as well um he's trying to make it look like a political movement it's interesting to look at his site though just the fact that he doesn't go into the issues he goes into the promises kept i've actually never seen a politician that, that does that um but, to be honest, like, if you look at him, the promises that he kept are basically just the, the tax reform, to be honest with you. Like, I was trying to look through other stuff and all the things that he says that he did. Yeah, he, he cut some red tape or whatever, but that was nothing hugely bureau. I mean, there was no huge bureaucratic red tape that went away. He he, he kind of sold on the idea that he cut so much red tape out of the bureaucracy and all that. I just don't see it. Um, getting rid of a lot of the regulations and stuff like that he has done some of that as well. I think that a lot of regulations that they ha that he would have got rid of or that his he his um people around him got got rid of I think that 's probably a good thing I mean it probably helps out the economy a little bit um The economy is going pretty smooth as well. He is going to have to hang his hat on the economy though he really is if he that 's the only place that he is popular is on the economy so that is the promise kept that he needs to be able to maintain. I don't know where the economy is going to be between now and November 2020, to be honest with you. Uh, things seem like they're going going down a little bit. Seems like the economy might start to slow. We might even go into recession between now and then. Uh, based upon the yield curve being an indicator of um, of a recession, the yield curve... I think it's like the three month vert to the ten year has been inverted since about May. And then the two year to the ten year has been inverted since about the middle of August as well. So he's gonna have to hang his head on the economy though. And I was just just looking at his website, I mean not that anybody go not that anybody really goes to campaign websites by any means. Maybe for the Democratic candidates, because there's so many of them, so they're kind of trying to do their research. But when, if you if you love Trump, you're going to vote for him. If you hate Trump, you're going to vote against him. And if you're somewhere in the middle, you're going to hold your nose for one or the other. And uh, basically, you're going to vote by your pocketbook and how the economy is going at that point. So Trump is going to need, if he wants to get reelected, he's going to need a, uh, a good economy. And that's about it. So, um, But anyway, guys, I hope that you enjoy the show every single day. Uh, five-star ratings and reviews are always helpful if you are. And... Uh, one thing you could do, though, you want to tell me a story about what you're doing for the libertarian movement. if you uh have a podcast if you have your own website whatever i mean if if there's something you're doing in the libertarian movement, uh you can shoot me an email and I'll go ahead and you know talk about that on my show. I always love to know what other people are doing within the libertarian movement. There are a lot of you out there that are doing great things um helping other people see the light when it comes to liberty and uh, I'd love to share your your stuff on my show. Also, you can do that by sending me an email. It's Ray at IonTheEmpire.com. You can also g- check out my website, which is IonTheEmpire.com. And you can uh, support the show. That's right. I have a way for you to support the show. And that by g- going to anchor.fm slash Ion2020, 99 cents four ninety nine 99 and nine ninety nine dollars uh, support levels. So go ahead and do that if you really like the show as well. And then come on back tomorrow so you can have clear vision for 2020. Hey guys, I'm excited to announce the new podcast I'm coming out with called First Year in Sales with Ray Eaton. Now, if you're not a salesperson, then it might not be for you. But if you are a salesperson or if you know another salesperson, go ahead and direct them towards this show. It's going to be a show that is based upon helping somebody that's in their first year in sales or maybe even somebody that is in sales already and just wants to brush up on some of the sales skills that they need in order to be successful. I'm focusing on habits and also different parts of the sales process in order to help people to become more successful in their sales job. So like I said if you know somebody that's in sales or if you yourself are in sales, go ahead and check out this podcast that's on all of your podcatchers, anything that you would listen to and that is called First Year in Sales with Ray Ian.